Hi, it's Tony. On today's show, we'll talk some football with Jason Locke and Fora. We'll get weekend picks from James Carville and Jeff Ma. But first, commerce. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Previously on The Tony Kornheiser Show. Green Bay's not that bad. Give me, give me Green Bay and the points. It's a, it's a hard pick, I'll admit that. But that's a lot of points in Lambeau. And it should be cold. I yeah. mean, I'm cold here. Yeah. And, you know, I imagine it's going to be a lot colder in Lambeau. Yeah. Well, you're 48-34-2. You've had a great year so far. You're having the Carville year, basically, which is the Carville Carville's year. We all dream it. of having a Carville year. Yeah, Carville's not <laughs> That guy it. hasn't had a bad year since, like, 1991. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> that's, that's right. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. Sadly for Chuck, he did not cover last night. He took Dallas. Seattle plus nine. It was a six-point game. It was a great game. A six-point game. So Chuck's 0-1 for the week so far. Um, I'm not going to get into the Cowboys game now because Jason Lockenfora will join us in a little bit and we'll ask him about it. But a couple of things to get into. One is Tiger. Michael, Tiger shot uh, three over in his own tournament. Um, There's a 20-man field. There's no cut. So unless his legs hurt too much, he's going to stay for all four rounds. He was in the bushes a lot in the back nine. What did you think of what he did? Uh, the, the first takeaway is he actually played. This is a target of his. Everyone sort of knew when he had one spot open that he was going to play in this. And we were entering what we can now affectionately call the Tiger Woods season, which is December golf. You have the Hero World and you have the PNC coming up in a few weeks. Uh did you did you see any highlights? He yep. looks huge. Yeah, big. Uh, his upper body is yeah. just enormous. Going to the gym. Uh, he talked about hat, going to the gym. The hat does not seem to fit properly. Nike can get him a hat that'll actually uh, you know go down the, the full head there. But uh, swing looks tight. That's but that's the way that he's looked ever since the first sort of uh, surgery comeback a couple of years ago. Uh, he's playing with a hand picked field. Somehow this gets world ranking points, which is uh, pretty Insane. interesting for a no cut event that has a <laughs> limited twenty person field that's hand picked yeah. by the host. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? This is uh, the putting is still there, and that is what historically leaves golfers the quickest or the earliest. And he makes thirty and forty footers, and uh, that would always give him a puncher's chance. I don't think really people think he's going to be competitive on regular tour events and majors but if that means that he's going to be able to get a schedule where he's playing four or five times a year that's everything but i think the uh the larger themes from this are you know he spoke to the media and a lot of that was uh, about how he was surprised by what happened on that june 6 announcement and basically in, in this one he was putting the commissioner on watch and i think you're looking at the power of the player impact program has not worked they want to get rid of that spieth was pretty critical of that as they're handing out 15 million dollars to uh, Rory, who finally overtook Tiger, but you're looking at the power of one individual. Uh, Twenty years past his prime is still dominating the sport. So we were talking about this yesterday before the PTI show, and it was suggested that uh, nobody wants Tiger to be in last place. So they went to Will Zalatoris and said, hey, "You're going to have to have How's a that bad back day. Two straws. You yeah. have to have a bad day. Well, how bad? You shoot in the eighties for <laughs> Mr. Gilmore. Shoot in the eighties yes. if you can. Yeah, I guess Tiger can't be last. Yeah." <laughs> It's good to see him. 
Yeah, it's good to see him. Good to hear Steve Sands. There's a, yes. Yes. In a nice place. Oh, beautiful. Bermuda, right? Is it no, Bahamas? it's Bahamas. 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 Yes. Okay, nice. Yeah, nice. They always do these shots of the yachts in the background. Yeah. That's very I've, nice. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. Um, so there's a story in the Washington Post today, a big story about Maverick Carter. Maverick Carter is LeBron's, James's old friend and business manager. And he's an agent now. He's an agent, LeBron, uh, Maverick Carter. And there's a story that reveals that two years ago, as the government was investigating illegal, this is before all the gambling was legal, investigating illegal bookmaking, that Maverick Carter was interviewed. He is not was not, is not the target of an investigation. But it was revealed that he had placed bets illegally at that time. Well, I guess bookies are still illegal. I guess they're still illegal because now you have legal places to gamble. But, you know, gamblers prefer to deal with bookies because they always extend credit. It's That's just a, right. It's a different thing. They I'm good for that. it. <laughs> yeah, it's different. And he's not, Maverick Carter is not the object of an investigation, and he's one of a bunch of people who were investigated about placing illegal bets with particular bookies, including Scottie Pippen, one of the people named in this story. A lot of action happening at a certain golf course. Yeah, that Grove, 23. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's mentioned in the story as well. It's an interesting read. I mean, I suspect that if we talk about it on PTI, and I'm not sure we will, I suspect what Michael say is uh, gambling's legal. They're not prosecuting this guy. Gambling's legal. What is the big deal? Why are we even talking about it? Now, the why is pretty simple. It's pretty simple. It's the why of inside information. It's the why of insider trading. It's that's the why. The why is the question you would want to ask Maverick Carter is those days that you bet on basketball games, did you get any information from your best friend and client, LeBron James? Did you bet on Lakers games when he was playing? That's that to me. I don't care what Maverick Carter bet on unless he had other clients on other teams. But if he didn't have clients on other teams, I bet your brains out. I don't care. But I think that what people would want to know is, did he receive inside information about something that day? You know, I don't know how you go back and prove that. I mean, if I was LeBron James, I'd say absolutely not. You know, well, of course, yeah. You know, that's what I would say, and it might be absolutely not. Might very well be absolutely not. It might be that Maverick Carter never even asked those questions. But that's the question you'd want to ask now. And do I think this is a big deal story? No, I don't. Do I think that any of his clients threw game? No, I don't. No, absolutely not. I think he likes betting. Yeah, I think most people who bet like betting, and they think they can win this one. You know, and I don't, you know, I'm not horrified by betting. I am horrified by dumping games. Well, yeah. No, I am horrified by that. Um, but, you know, I, so I think, right? Isn't that the and only the question, question for you is where, where you have that moving line. So let's say you have a stake at that table. You're in the room where it happens. Yeah. Uh, even if you're one, two, three people removed, what are you able to glean from some of those other sources? So you're not yeah. directly getting that info, but you might see it or hear about it. This is one of those things. And we were talking before we went on the air and Michael pointed out quite correctly. Like you go to a supermarket and you see a guy who's going to pitch that night. And he's limping. Right. Go, Whoa, what? <laughs> yeah. hey, this can't be good. Mm. Yeah. Or, or you look at, in basketball, you think about load management before that became a huge thing. If you could just look at a schedule and say, I can predict when They're certain players aren't going to play. Not going to play. Yeah. Well, so you, I'm going to bet on the other team. 
Yeah, uh, it would be interesting, and they won't go down this road, but if you really wanted to find out, you'd get the phone records and see if there were He's texts. He's not accused of anything. Yeah, so they're not, they're not, not going to do that. He, yeah. he, was, he cooperated with federal authorities. It says he cooperated with federal yeah. authorities, and we just learned about this. He, he, he is not accused of anything, nor should he be accused of anything. Yeah. I'm just saying if I'm the commissioner of basketball, if I'm Adam Silver and I'm alive today— <laughs> I'm calling Maverick Carter. Saying, I'm on yeah. call. I yeah. say, well, can we talk about this? Yeah, well, it's amazing this. that can every we... major sport has these gambling adjacent stores that are not, you know, they just make you ask some questions. That's all. All yeah. right, we'll take a break. When we come back, Jason Lockenfora joins us. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Graham McGuire, our friend in Huntington, West Virginia, sends this in. It says, here is the latest single from my daughter-in-law in Phoenix, who plays under the name River Iris. It's named after Silly Putty, now in the Toy Hall of Fame, with such inductees as Sticks and Sand. <laughs> Thank you for the support. She's got a beautiful voice, she River really Iris. really does. Love, love these songs. Just a beautiful, beautiful voice. And again... A weird name for a song, Silly Putty, but you know what? She can sing. H-O-F. And she plays in Jason LaConfora. And the intro that I'm supposed to read says, we're joined by Odyssey NFL insider Jason LaConfora, host of the podcast In the Huddle, covering the entire NFL. So let's just start with this. And I know in the Washington Post, you wrote about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You had to to drop that story before this happened yesterday. So it didn't include this. He is now campaigning to keep the general manager and the coaches. Oh, sure. What do you make of that? Uh, I mean, it's the least surprising thing in the history of the world. I mean, Aaron (laughs) Rodgers is carte blanche. He runs the franchise and has played four snaps for him. I mean, it's good work if you can get it. And he's guaranteed another $38 million next year. Um, No, this is set up exactly as he wants it, which is terrible news for Jets fans because, boy, it worked so swimmingly the first time. Let's run it back with everybody a year older, um, in the case of their coaching staff, seemingly a year dumber. Um, and this guy, uh, not not 100%. Um, you know, they, they made their bed a year ago, and when they did it, it, it a lot of people kind of figured, well, it's, it's an all-or-nothing one-year proposition. And by the nature of how quickly this injury happened and um, the way they restructured the deal, it's not a one-year commitment. It's a multi-year commitment. And, I mean, who's going to tell Aaron Rodgers he can't have all the money he wants and the system he wants and, you know, the, the fake offensive coordinator he wants? Because, yeah, he wants Nathaniel Hackett there because Nathaniel Hackett ain't going to do a damn thing about anything Aaron Rodgers wants. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is full autonomy at the line of scrimmage and do whatever he wants. Aaron Rodgers can change the playbook. 
Aaron Rodgers can tell him who he wants to catch the ball from him. And, boy, Aaron Rodgers is going to have his hand full with the personnel this year, Tony, because they don't have any tight ends or an offensive line. So, man, good luck. I hope he has a, a, you know, a higher winning percentage picking players than the real GM Joe Douglas has. Um, and they're still in the AFC, and uh, they still play on a surface where seemingly week in, week out, someone's season ends on a non-contact situation. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I don't see how this is you know, going to in any way uh, work or be prosperous for anybody other than the ongoing legacy of Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers making sure his name is on everybody's lips and, and Aaron Rodgers being you know, as provocative as he wants to be to keep, again, everybody talking about Aaron Rodgers and keeping the business of Aaron Rodgers. Flourishing the the football business of the Jets has been a joke as long as I can remember. So Robert Sala right now is fifteen and thirty in his third mm-hmm. year, and you could fire him very easily at the end oh, of yeah. this year. Is Woody Johnson receptive to keeping all these people around one more year because, in fact, he didn't get a shot at looking at Aaron Rodgers? Well, I mean, what else is he going to do? He owes the guy $38 million. You're going to foist stuff upon him that he doesn't like so he can go to Pat McAfee every week and, and call you out and say what an idiot owner this is. And I thought I signed up for one thing, and now they're changing the rules on me, and it's not my fault. I got hurt four snaps in on their terrible turf. Like, I mean, you want to ask Mark Murphy what it's like going to war with this guy. Um, and he ain't even won anything for the Jets. It's not even like, well, you put up with it because of all, this, all the games he won yeah. for the Packers. Like, what are you going to do? Like, like seriously, what are you going to do? You could never find a quarterback on your own. Now, this guy's not very good anymore, but he didn't have a chance to show that in your jersey this year. So, I, I, I mean, look, Woody wanted to whack these guys a year ago, and he probably should have. But instead, you know, there's the Hackett ties, and we're going to put this whole thing together, and we got it, boss, and we'll be fine, and and. You know, he's all in on that, and they're bidding against themselves for Aaron Rodgers. Nobody else is paying him this kind of money. Not, not that many teams were even remotely interested at this stage of his career. And they empowered him in a way nobody else could. Like, I get a kick out of all these people. Like, Aaron Rodgers seems really happy. You think? What? Like, he's, he's the most – he's the face of the franchise. He's never played for them. No, he's never played. Everything – he throws a pass before a game, and they treat it like, like it, it's, it should go, you know, on SportsCenter's top ten. Like, this guy's dropping back at 35%, you know, full capacity, throwing a pass to whoever in warm-ups, and that's all they're talking about. Like, what's he got to complain about? They gave him everything he wanted. He's still the most empowered person in the whole franchise. He's done nothing for them except maybe sell some tickets Mm -hmm. because of his presence. All right, I'll move off that. What did we learn about Dallas last night? Oh, um... Yeah, I think it's it's the same as it ever was, you know. And Seattle's not a great team. Seattle's They're not. They've now lost three in a row and four out of five. Yeah. They're not a good team. Flawed. Right. And um, I think defensively there are questions to ask. Uh, that, that unit, again, who have they faced? They haven't really been tested. When they've been tested, they've come up small, not just this year, but in years past. I don't see anything different there. You know, I, I thought that that was an opportunity – for them to um, maybe you know maybe stifle that Seahawks team. I mean, maybe put them under their thumb. I mean, their number one running back wasn't playing. Geno uh, had been pretty beat up the last few weeks. He certainly looked much healthier last night. 
I, I thought they had a chance to flex some muscles. They they didn't. Uh, and offensively, I mean, Mike McCarthy, whatever that was at the end of the game, like he's never going to change. Like he 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 can't handle all this. I mean, I, I like were you trying to cover? Like I I still can't figure. Like if you're trying to score a touchdown, right, and win that game and make the final possession of the Seahawks not matter, then just run your offense. Continue to attack them how you have. Don't run a predictable run, a predictable run, and now we're in third and short, and you could bleed the clock with one more predictable run, and instead you decide to pass. Throw it. And it's yeah. like, well, if you were going to pass, then pass surely you just run on fourth down, right, and try mm. to pick it up because, like, what is that extra field goal really going to do? Like, if they go down and kick a field goal and tie it, you still have overtime and you could go win it, right, and you're forcing them to go the length of the field. And then he kicks the field goal. I'm like, I'll never figure this guy out. Like, I just, he's, you know, and the offense has been awesome. And they've been on a magic carpet ride. That's not the playoffs. You will be tested. You'll be tested. Well, I was going to say be tested at home. You're going to be playing many home games. You'll be tested on the road. Like, that kind of stuff is mind-boggling to me. And he's been lucky because he's rarely been in those situations this year because they're beating everybody by 30 points at halftime. Well, they're they're beating bad teams. In the next... However many games are left, they get the Eagles, the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Lions, right? I mean, yeah. so you, it's, it's, you'll know going into the playoffs what you got with them, right? Cause, I think we know right now. It's the okay. same as it ever was. I right. mean, and unfortunately, you don't get to play, uh, you know, the Rams without Matt Stafford at home in the playoffs. Like, that's right. That's not going to happen. You're not going to get the, you know, it's just you're not going to be up by 30 points at home when people – in the playoffs because again they're better teams you're not going to be playing at home first of all and just check their home road splits and even last night at home with regular rest that wasn't a normal thursday they hadn't played in a week no they yeah they played thanksgiving thursday yep yeah i i i don't think anything's changed there okay i i don't know how you feel about this i feel that the 17 games really feels like it extends the season to me it really feels like you don't have a great sense of what's going to happen, even after 12 or 13 mm-hmm. games. Do you feel the same way, or is, is, is this just an oddity I, by me? I think there's probably something to that. Wait till they go to 18, Tone. It'll well, really, yeah, it'll really yeah. rock your world. And trust That's me, right. Coming. But 18 um, makes more sense to me than 17. 17 makes no sense yeah. to me. Yeah, well, of course. This is why, I mean, it was always a means to an end, and then everybody will play the same number of home and road games again. Yeah. And, You'll you'll have a little more balance, um, even further balance restored to the schedule. A- absolutely, that's where it's headed. And yeah, I, it 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 is meaning its objective, which is to keep more bad teams feeling like they're um, not really horrible. Because well, if they're that close to the pack, how bad you know how bad? Can there are a be? lot of really bad teams this year, Jason. Yeah. yeah, more than I ever recall. Really bad teams. I think this deep into the year, it does feel like I feel like we say that every year around week four, week six, and then you know people hit their stride, and there's so much change that that takes some time, and then by November, you're you know you you kind of feel like um, all right, you know some of those teams have figured some things out, and that's the case this year as well. Like we'll talk about a Denver and a Minnesota, yeah, much different now than we would have in late October, but I think there's a whole other 
you know, larger group. You know, even the Colts, I'll put the Colts in that mix. There are some teams who that would apply for, and there is a sort of natural evolution to that. But, yes, I also feel like that there are a lot of teams that have just gotten more miserable. Um, you know, like everybody in the NFC South, for instance. You know, like the Terrible. Yeah. I mean, most of the AFC South, again. Um, well, I guess, well... No, I guess I can't say most. Cause no, because you got right Jacksonville there. and Houston. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Jacksonville and Houston. Uh, Tennessee is the dregs, and the Colts are surprising. Um, yeah, I, I I think that they've hit a little bit of brain drain on the offensive side. Obviously, the quarterback injuries was not great quarterbacking going on before You know, the degree of injuries that have struck and how many teams having to play guys within a week or two of having just signed them or just gotten them in their building. Um, offensive line play is poor. Um, and yeah, I feel like red zone concepts and people who are innovating and scheming things up, uh, I, I feel like um, when you keep chewing people up and spitting them out, you, you run into certain points where um, maybe there aren't the same number of candidates as normal or, or some of these guys have been rushed into the position before they're ready for it because somebody's got to do it. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's kind of been a, a nexus of all those things that has left us with um, some bad teams and some bad football. Yes, it just feels like the season is dragging, that we all sort of know who the good teams are, so let's end this nonsense and get to well, the good teams playing. So you know what I mean? It just feels... well, we're, also, though, we're also in one of these pockets of the schedule where it's inevitable because most teams have had their buys, but not everybody. And some of the teams that haven't had their buy yet are, are pretty interesting, are playing some decent football. You know, they try to stack that schedule around Thanksgiving and Black Friday, but now we're really in the doldrums. And, again, take some good teams off the market because they're on the bye. Yeah. And they stack divisional games the final two or three weeks. So now we really are in a portion where it's kind of threadbare. Like, you, okay. you, then you add on top of it, there's not as many good teams in general. Or at least we mm-hmm. it feels that way as normal. And I, I think this is an inevitability that around, you know, 12, 13, 14 every year, there's going to be um, – a little bit of tumbleweeds going on with the schedule because then we know again they want to have these divisional races they want everybody to feel like we got a chance to get out not just make the playoffs but maybe even get a home game and then all that you know all the the rivalries ramp back up the final few weeks Mm -hmm. so i think some of this is inevitable plug your radio show for us um well you can listen to me again once a week uh on the in the huddle podcast well no i gotta plug that don't you still do you're still gonna do that again i'm sorry to step on your toes though Uh, you can listen to me two to six on 105.7 the fan in baltimore and odyssey station uh talking about um all of this nonsense uh you could read me in the washington post you could listen to me sunday mornings on odyssey and the betql network Picking games, and you can find me on CBS Sports HQ and CBS Sports Line. Yeah, I mean, and for a thousand bucks, he'll come to your house and barbecue, or maybe <laughs> three thousand. Oh, and I, 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 you, you have uh, exaggerated that price tag. <laughs> I will do that. I'll do that before I left. Thank you, Jason. Jason Lock and Four, boys and girls. Home to the family, uh, a thousand, yeah, <laughs> five hundred. Uh, Thank you, guys. That was Odyssey NFL Insider Jason Lock and Four. Make sure to follow in the huddle on the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get podcasts. We'll come back. Maybe Carville, unlikely Carville. But certainly Jeff Ma. It's radio silence from James. Yeah, Yeah. certainly Jeff Ma. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Look both ways, Grandma, when you cross the street. Don't walk on gravel in your bare feet. 
at a party, don't smoke an unknown joint, and don't take the jets and the points. <laughs> don't take the jets and the points, Grandma. Don't take the jets and the points. They're gonna let you down. They're gonna disappoint. Don't take the jets and the points. I can't stop you, Grandma, from speeding. You're a grown-up. You're who you're gonna be. But on Thanksgiving Day, never bet on Detroit. And don't take the Jets and the points. <laughs> don't take the Jets and the points, Grandma. Don't take the Jets and the points. They're gonna let you down. They're gonna disappoint. Don't take the Jets and the points. Don't take the Jets and the points. The great Dan Byrne, the genius that he is, plays us in. We're going to get to Jeff Ma in a second. Carvel is unavailable to us today, but he sent in his picks. Carvel had a bad week last week, two and four. He's 43, 41, and one, so he's over 500. But he took BC, his college games, he got killed. Oh, yeah, BC. He took BC <laughs> plus eight and a half against Miami. They lost 45 10. <laughs> he took Navy plus 18 and a half against SMU, which I said don't do. They lost 59 14. He took UVA plus two and a half over Virginia Tech. They lost 55 17. Yeah. So that's not a great week, but he's back with four college games, okay? And here are his picks. I don't know if T-Boy, I don't know if T-Boy has something to do with this, but here are his picks. He's taking Oregon over Washington. He's given nine and a half. Yeah. Taking Oregon. It's actually 10, but we'll give it to him at nine The Oklahoma State-Texas game, he's going over on 54 and a half. Yeah. The Georgia-Alabama game, he's going over on 54 and a half. And he's taking Boise State minus two and a half against Nevada, Las Vegas. He's taking the Cardinals in the pros, taking the Cardinals and the Steelers over 41. I don't know that I would do that. Yeah, Steelers. I don't know that I would do that. <laughs> Struggle to put points Houston up. hosting Denver. He's taking Houston minus three yeah. over Denver. It's actually, and, yeah. And he's taking, he's the only person in America taking the Carolina Panthers at any point all year. He's taking the Carolina Panthers plus five and a half at Tampa Bay. And with that, we bring in Jeff. Oh, and he's got the one more, the blue plate. Oh, he's got the, oh, I'm sorry. He's got the blue plate special. So that's a double play. Yes. He's taking the 49ers minus two and a half at Philadelphia. I think it's actually three now, but we'll give it to him at two and a half. Well, this is what he signed up for. Yes. You got to give him what he signed up for. Yes. So we get to Jeff Mon. I got to tell Jeff this story because he may be betting on some of these games as well. Jeff was two and three last week, um, 30, 33, and one. And this week's picks with James Carville and Jeff Ma brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook make every moment more. So we're doing the PTI show yesterday, and I'm doing it with Pablo. And Ride Home says something about somebody's doing something um, of the effect of weather on the betting line, the effect of weather on football games, and says, do you know anybody who could help with this? Just looked in camera. I said, Ma, Jeff Ma. We talk (laughs) about this all the time, right? I mean, there is, I don't know that there's a science, but the weather is is important, is it not? Yeah, the weather is very important. Um, We talked about this the last time, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, a month and a half ago that really the biggest factor is the wind, um, because wind really makes it hard to pass. And therefore, if you can't pass, if scoring goes down, I think the weather has probably a greater impact on totals than it does necessarily as a side. Because, you know, obviously on the side, both teams have to play the same way. But obviously, if one team is much more dependent on running or passing, rain 
tends to make it harder actually to run than it does to pass. Passing doesn't get as impacted. And then things like snow, we've talked about. I would have thought the other way on that, Jeff. I would have thought it's easier to run. You just hand the ball off. And then passing, you know, the... It's such a slippery ball, it's harder to catch and throw. I think it depends a lot on the surface. And if you're on artificial surface, that's probably more true. On grass, um, you lose a lot of traction, so running gets a lot harder. Okay. Um, In the snow, we've talked a little bit about, and and the problem with these big snow games is there's not a huge amount of sample size, but snow sometimes creates the opportunity for explosive plays, meaning people slip and whatnot, and, and therefore scoring is not nearly as suppressed as you would think, and in some cases, scoring can be more. But wind is the is the okay. predominant factor that if you're going to bet totals and things like that, you should check. Same in golf. Wind is the big deal in golf. Um, I need to ask you about this. I was stunned when I first saw it. I've had explanations from people like Booger McFarland, but you heard that Carville will take Oregon, and he will give 9.5 with Washington. They played this year. Washington beat Oregon. Um, I, I'm, are you surprised at nine and a half? I mean, I think that the, since that game, the predominant theory, and we actually had Bill Connolly from ESPN on bet the process this week. And we talked about this a lot since that game, even though Washington has won all of their games, they've haven't played great. And it, it's funny because they're undefeated. So to say that is weird. Whereas Oregon has played great and has become like a darling of the analytics teams. But yet, but 13 and a half uh, or 13, which is basically what the line has swung. Now you have home field. This is a neutral. The other game was played in Washington. So probably the true move is probably closer to 10 points, but that's still a, a huge amount of points. Um, and I think most of the analytical systems um, do support this large of a line move, um, it, as we mentioned, you know, Carville took Oregon at nine and a half. It's up to 10. So there is a lot of money still coming in on Oregon despite this big move. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think, I think the big thing will be is watch is Washington play to its competition, meaning like they will step up once they step yeah. up in class. I think that's probably the, the key to this game. All right, and the other game that's interesting is San Francisco on the road in Philadelphia, and Philadelphia has proven that it's a really good team. San Francisco is favored by two and a half. Is that, is, can you explain that? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the problem with Philadelphia and Eagles and analytical systems is because they have a – you know, like an unbelievable amount of success on fourth down, right? And we know why that is. Yeah. Because they have a great play. Fourth down success is highly correlated with winning, right? If you make a lot of your fourth downs, you're obviously going to win because it's a highly leveraged play. If you don't make a lot of fourth downs, you're going to lose probably because it's, again, highly leveraged. But the problem is if if you look at what the Eagles are doing on fourth down and compare it to league average, if you didn't know about the tush push, you would think this is unsustainable. So from an analytics perspective, they're not getting enough credit for their fourth down success because analytical systems aren't built to do that. So, the, you know, we, again, we talked about this, Rufus and I, on Bet the Process this week. There's a world where analytical systems are very much undervaluing the Eagles because of their success on fourth down because our analytical systems largely do not believe 
that that type of fourth down success is sustainable. Okay, so that makes sense. What are you picking for us this week? Uh, I'm going to do a fair uh, three college and two pros. Okay. In college, I'm going to take Texas minus the 15 over Oklahoma State. I expect this line to actually go up more before uh, game time, maybe get up into closer to the 17 range. Um, Oklahoma State is, is obviously lucky to be here. Texas has been, in, in many um, ways, the, one of the top three to four teams this year from an analytics standpoint, only losing one game. Uh, so I like Texas minus the 15. Okay. I'm going to go with James on Boise minus the two and a half over UNLV. If this game were played in week one, this line would be closer to Boise minus you know six or seven, but UNLV has been a, a, a team that has really overperformed their in-season expectations. And, you know, one of the things that we look at towards the end of the year is what were these teams, like, ranked going into the season? Because that obviously shows the level of talent and the talent disparity, and there's a pretty big talent disparity here. So I, I actually like Boise minus the two and a half. Okay. I'm going to take Florida State minus the one and a half over Louisville. Obviously, this line has come down a lot because of Travis versus Rodemaker. Yep. Rodemaker was actually a higher-ranked prospect coming in to Florida State. And with this line continuing to drop, I just think that the talent around the quarterback is so much better at Florida State um, that, you know, if you're getting them at minus one and a half, I'm going to have to take them because despite the quarterback difference, I just don't think it's this big. Okay. I'm going to take Green Bay, Green Bay plus the six over Kansas City. We took Green Bay last week. They they performed. Yeah, they did. They like won. They're better. Um, certainly at home against Kansas City, this seems like too many points. One more. And then finally, the Saints plus the four over Detroit. Um, you know, Detroit is a team that has been struggling a bit. And again, getting four at home with the Saints. Um, I'm going to take that. I'm actually seeing that four, uh, plus four and a half if you'd like it. Do you get it? Oh, I'll take it. It's great. What New Orleans is terrible, though. They, they, they stink. I mean, that division stinks and they stink, right? I mean, you're getting four points at home. I think that they're I, – I don't – I wouldn't say they stink, but um, obviously there's a reason you're getting four points at home. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, good luck, and everybody should listen to Bet the Process, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, Tony. Jeff Ma, boys and girls. And this week's picks by James Carville and Jeff Ma have been brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. We will come back with email and jingle. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. It's time now for Tony's Mailbag. It's time now for Tony's Mailbag. It's time now for Tony's Mailbag. With your faxes and notes. Tell Nigel to thank Bethesda Bagels. And read all the smart, funny little emails. It's time now for Tony's Mailbag. It's time now for Tony's Mailbag. It's time now for Tony's Mailbag. It's the end of the show. That comes to us, allegedly, from Biff Gott. Yes. With backing vocals by his brother, Happy. If you recognize <laughs> those names, those are the kids in Death of a Salesman. Yes. So we don't think Mr. Gott or no, his no, brother. No, his real name is it's, it's Biff Goff. I just, uh, yeah, I just, said, know, I just made up the He had a good dream, though. Yeah. I so. think, yeah, he did. I think Willie produced this. I'm not yeah. sure. 
You want to do the Bethesda Bagels ad? Yes, Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in and you will be thrilled. That just about does it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me say, making a living the old hard way, taking and giving my day by day. I dig snow and rain and bright sunshine. Dragging the line. That's Tommy James and the Shondells. Not one of their biggest hits. A hit, but not one of their biggest hits. Uh, uh, it, the lyrics are stupid, <laughs> but the song itself isn't bad. The yeah. song itself is not bad. It's a pretty good song. Yeah, you know. So. My dog Sam eats purple flowers. It's, yeah, we ain't got much, <laughs> but what we got's ours. Thanks to our guests today, Jason Lock and Fora, Carville's Picks, Jeff Ma. Thanks to our sponsors today. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple, please leave us a review. From Matt in Sheffield, Iowa. On Monday's show, Michael said that all food safety rules go out the window at Thanksgiving. He's right, and my family paid the price. We had Thanksgiving at my in-laws, and of the 60 people who were there, 40 got sick (laughs) over the next 48 hours. In my particular family with six kids, child number four was patient zero. Over the next 12 hours, she would throw up 20 times, 10 of which were in the van ride home. That was followed by children number one, numbers one and two, basically getting sick at the same time. Not to be outdone, child number five is nearly two years old, got sick at 9.30 at night. The one saving grace was that neither the woman to whom I'm related by marriage or I got sick while the kids were sick. I'll never be able to talk my wife out of going home for Thanksgiving, but I'm definitely going to pass on the turkey. <laughs> Keep the food out of the danger zone. <laughs> From Neil Ayrvais, um in Littleton, Colorado. Thank you for your sentiments about pumpkin pie, particularly your statement that you've never even tasted it, but you're sure that if you did, you wouldn't like it. (laughs) I'm regularly abused by my family for that exact expression. I don't know who first said this, but I agree with the following analysis. Ask any person who waxes poetic about pumpkin pie one question. Think of the best pumpkin pie you've ever had, and now think of the worst one you've ever had. Did they taste any different? (laughs) No. David Chang Uh, has a great rant on pumpkin pie. Who does? Uh, Chef David Chang. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. From uh, David Bozovich in Gilbert, Arizona. Here's why we love Wilbon. August. The Bears are going to win the division. Did I stammer or stutter? Early September. We need a new head coach. Late September. We might need a new GM. October. I think... Tyson Bajan is better than Justin Fields. All of my former Bear friends say so. Early November, I'm a Justin Fields guy. I want to see him do well. Last week, I'm okay with losing. <laughs> From Joe O'Keefe in Rochester, Minnesota. Ready for the draft York. preview with Maddie. Did I hear you right when you told Chuck Todd that Black Friday shopping isn't worth it or isn't a deal because it's last year's merchandise? That's funny because I swore I heard you say you once layered coupon after coupon and discount upon discount to obtain a pair of sun-faded pants at an outlet mall. Doesn't an outlet mall solely exist to sell off last year's styles and merchandise while making it look like a deal? Your shopping savvy was like a multi-pick parlay that hit, but rather than winning straight cash, homie, you scored a pair of old, uniquely colored pants. What's the over-under on the times you've worn those orange pants out of the house? 1.5? It's close. Maybe three. <laughs> T-Boy and Jeff Mob may recommend I treat it like an Iowa Hawkeyes game and smash that under. From John Palmer in Stafford, Virginia. Recently, my alma mater, Virginia Tech, released their 2024 baseball schedule. I noticed we are hosting Stony Brook for a three-game series in March. Any tips on how specifically to hate them? Or will just a general distaste for them as an opponent suffice? Incidentally, a few days later, we also host Binghamton for a single midweek game. When Tech wins, I'll ask you to heed the wise words of Sal Tessio. It's not personal. It's just business. (laughs) From Elaine Caffrey in Duluth, Georgia. The worst song ever is Horse With No Name by America. 
And even though Oof. I hate it with a fire of a thousand suns, I can sing it from memory all the way through. Why is it that we know all the words of the songs we hate? Because we hate them so much they are imprinted quickly in our brain. That's a bad song. America's yeah. a bad group. It's yes. not the worst. No. Five and 11, not too good, but not someone worse than us. Uh, Jim Cudahy, Locust Grove, Virginia. Worst song ever, The Year of the Cat. Game over. I, I don't mind The Year of the Cat. That's not, Al, Al Stevens? It's I'm not, not sure. Stevens. I'm not familiar with that song. The Year of the Cat, yeah. Okay, I'll take a listen. It's, it's not terrible. I don't think it's terrible. Brett Tillou in Hamburg, New York. As a veterinarian, I've seen a wide array, of, a wide array that is Ooh, so hard phrase. to say, wide array Come on. of objects consumed by patients. But my favorite story to tell happened when I was attending Cornell Vet School. Gunther, the mixed-breed dog owned by my girlfriend's roommate, decided to eat what could only be described as a Costco-sized box of prophylactics. Routinely, we would walk all the dogs in the house upon completion of our studies for the day. This walk is when we found out what Gunther had been up to while home alone. Staring in the canine adaption of um, Hansel and Gretel, Gunther would leave latex deposits roughly every 100 to 200 yards upon our walk, some of which required human interaction to ensure complete expulsion. Gunther was no worse for wear, and a lasting memory remains. Thanks for the entertainment. Uh, from Brian Oler in Goodyear, Arizona. As the official dog fosterer of the Tony Kornheiser Show, I felt obliged to share the story of our latest foster, a 100-pound Mastiff mix named Myla. When we first brought Myla home about six weeks ago and introduced her to our four dogs, they all got along famously. Mila was a bit skittish in her new surroundings, but very well behaved, so we didn't feel it necessary to put her in a crate when we left the house. All was fine for the first couple of weeks. Since then, we've came, come home on a couple of occasions to find our pantry raided. Of course, part of what was consumed by her was cocoa powder, so we had to induce vomiting. The person to whom I'm related to by marriage has always had a tendency of leaving the pantry door ajar, so we assumed she was to blame. The next time we left the house with Milo roaming free, we both checked the pantry door and made sure it was closed tight. Lo and behold, we came home to find a raided pantry again. It was then we realized Milo knows how to open doors. This is just what Maggie did. Yes, Maggie. Out. Yep. We have started crating her when we leave now. However, the first time we crated her, she escaped. I have no idea how, but true to form, she raided the pantry while free. We now have to zip tie the crate door shut when we leave and cut the ties loose when we return home so she has no way of getting out. If that's not enough, I mentioned how well she gets along with our dogs. Well, she has had three potential adopters meet her who themselves have other dogs. Each time during the meet and greet, Mila has growled and shown aggression toward the prospective adopters' dogs. Uh, we are now convinced she is so smart and realizes yes. how good she has it at our house that she is purposely sabotaging her adoption appointment so she can stay. Having said that, is there anyone in the greater Phoenix area in the market for a great dog? Mila is your girl. Well, we'll probably use that. Wilbon is in the north. Scotland. Oh, that's right. Yes. Wilbon, by the way, um, called me yesterday to say that he met the mayor of Scottsdale, the actual mayor of Scottsdale, who was very nice to Wilbon, who introduced himself to Wilbon as the other mayor of Scottsdale. <laughs> I pointed out to Wilbon, Wilbon is the mayor of north, north Scottsdale. Right. Got the keys to the city. From Robert Legault or Legault in Alexandria, Virginia, your talk of Chessie helping herself reminded me of my family's dachshund, Schroeder, and his sweet tooth. Schroeder once got on top of the kitchen counter via jumping up on a chair onto the table-level bar and then to the countertop where he helped himself to a homemade pecan pie. With his discerning palate, however, he simply ate all the pecans off the top, leaving the rest for us. By the way, as a Texan, I can verify that it's pronounced pecan, not pecan. So why am I saying pecan not sure. if it's pecan? We go with Texas on this? In his much later years, he somehow got into a Cool Whip container that had been filled with homemade Rocky Road fudge. 
probably about a pound's worth. He did this night before my family was due to pile into the car for a three-day trip back to Texas from Roseburg, Oregon. Do you have any idea how often a wiener dog has to do his business after eating a pound of fudge on a road trip? One final note. Cokie and Steve Roberts were family friends with the person to whom I'm related by marriage. Cokie often told the tale of Abner, their basset hound, and the entire Smithfield ham that he pulled out of the refrigerator and ate. It's why until she died, Cokie had a Viking refrigerator because its door was Abner-proof. Yeah, I'm telling you, Maggie. Oh, yeah, she opened, she opened it. Knew how to get in. Um, terms of the year. This is according. I don't care about okay. the terms of the year. Okay. I mean, thank you to Brian DeCenzo, but, you know. I think my favorite was top searched words for the year. Yeah, sus. Uh, my favorite is bougie, and it says, used to describe someone as high class. Yeah. And I thought bougie was bourgeois, which was. I yeah, but all class. these, they just get. I thought you know, it was an insult. Bougie. Reused. Yeah, bougie, yeah. I so, thought that was an insult. Gotta re architect the language. <laughs> to re architect. <laughs> From Drew, from the 20815. First time, long time. A few weeks ago, I was listening to the podcast while driving. It was a nice day. I had the top down. Stopped at a red light just as Chuck Todd finishes picks for the week, which is more than enough, but as you know, we get a monkey. And I started singing along to Reginald's intro song. Let me elaborate. I was singing out loud. I was not singing along to Beethoven's Ode to Joy. I was not singing along to Dylan's Like a Rolling Stone. Uh Uh-uh. I was singing along to a song about Reginald, the poor dumb slob monkey. For all the drivers around me to hear. Especially the part where our hero gets so drunk he throws poop at people. I looked at the driver to my left. It must have been staring at me the entire time. Had it been anyone else, he probably would have said, you're an idiot. Instead, he said, Reginald, he's given three to the Giants. <laughs> and with a hearty lachiserie, off he went. That is fantastic. Oh, that's brilliant. Fantastic. From Rup Sharma, Lebanon, Ohio. With Thanksgiving upon us last week, I had to fulfill my duties as the unofficial Southwest Ohio ambassador for the fairy spirit and attend the wedding and reception of Matt and Jen Miltaller. Attached is a picture from the activities. That's lovely. That's lovely. Um, From Caleb in Washington, D.C. I'm writing to mark a little-known but important historical anniversary for the great city of Washington, D.C. On November 30th, 2012. So November 30th was yesterday, That's right? right, yeah. What was then called the Verizon Center saw one of the most putrid displays of athletic incompetence ever recorded in the District of Columbia. On that day, the hometown Georgetown Hoyas men's basketball team, despite being ranked number 20 at the time, won 16 for 44 from the field, including one for seven from three to score 37 total points in a winning effort over (laughs) Tennessee, who went 15 for 46 from the field, including three for 16 from three, along with three for 11 on free throws to finish with 36. The box score and AP recap of this game are not for the faint of heart, but included delightful anecdotes such as Georgetown not scoring a field goal for the final 10-13 of the first half <laughs> and the winning basket by Markel Starks coming with over four minutes left in the second <laughs> half. I don't think I'll ever forget the experience of watching this <clears throat> grotesque display in, front of, in person from the Georgetown student section. Even with the score standing at 18-16 in favor of Tennessee at halftime, Ugh. there was no question of not seeing a Hoyas game all the way through. This dedication almost came back to bite me as Tennessee held the ball for the final shot. As their potential game-winning three-point attempt went up, I had a horrible realization that I might have subjected myself to this for nothing. Luckily, Tennessee's final shot clanged off the rim, leaving us students to make a mad dash for the exits as if to distance ourselves from the monstrous (laughs) spectacle we had just witnessed. The worst part is that somehow there are several games in the shot clock era with smaller total point totals and several instances of teams ranked in the top 20 scoring fewer than 37 points, so Hoya Sachs, I guess. Paul in Chicago. I just saw an ad for Nicolas Cage's new movie, Dream Scenario, and he looks like Tony Kornheiser. Oh, they oh they cut his hair and he's bald. Yeah, he does look a little like me. Nick Cage. I always sort of liked Nick Cage. Yeah, he's having a little bit of a, a renaissance in his career. What happened to him? 
Well, he I, he was in vast amounts of debt. Yeah. So that meant he, any movie, however he awful, he said, sure, yeah. I'll be in that. So yeah. Stephen Hickey is still searching for the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> a list of things too spicy <laughs> for my seven and four year old kids over the last few days: Heinz ketchup, Colgate watermelon burst toothpaste, a hamburger, Miss Vicky's sea salt and malt vinegar chips. They wanted to try one each. Grilled chicken, no spice added before grilling, and Tropicana pulp-free OJ. And one other, Eric Grischow from Boardman, Ohio. Boardman, Ohio, isn't isn't that where, um, what's his name, who quarterbacked at Miami and then quarterbacked at the Cleveland Browns? Vinny, uh, Kozar, Bernie Kozar. Bernie Kozar? Isn't he from Boardman, Ohio? Let me Don't see. Don't I remember that correctly? I will look this up. As I was talking with a woman to whom I'm related by marriage about Christmas gifts, she mentioned she wants a Taylor Swift album. I mumble out under my breath, do you want the Taylor version? And then it hit me. Taylor Swift got into a dispute with her old record label, which caused her to re-release all of her previous albums with the same song, same album covers, just Taylor's version, causing her to make a billion dollars over the last few months. I'm in the middle of reading my favorite bathroom reading material. I'm back for more cash written by you. Have you ever thought about re-releasing your old books and calling it Tony's version? Maybe then with your billions, you'd be able to buy Cigna and give out all the free MRIs to whoever wants them. Cigna's merging Merging. with who? I don't know the details, but I sent you the article. Yeah. I just thought you might like that it's one. Merging. Taco Bell, maybe? Well, no, somebody, somebody in the insurance business. Tony's version. It was my version. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes. what, what I did was I wrote them, and then I re-released them. <laughs> I didn't even have to do any more work. <laughs> I had Kathy Orton to look through them and edit them and gave her some money and didn't do anything. <laughs> in talks great with, scam. In talks was. with humanity. Is he from Boardman, Ohio? Bernie Kosar is indeed from uh, Boardman, Ohio. How do I remember Ohio. that? Uh, and, How and do I remember The that? only other like name the... I remember, DJ Durkin. Do you know that name? No. Okay. Uh, defensive coordinator at Texas A&M. How do I remember that? Uh, All yeah. right. If you're out on your bike time, everyone as always do wear white. Expired. 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 Thanks, Aunt Bonnie. <laughs> Oh 